This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Right, good evening. Good to see you. If you're watching live stream, you're glad to have you with us. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Our ushers would gladly get you the Word of God. I want you to get a Bible. Go with me to Matthew 6. We'll receive our tithes and offerings first. Uh, just the springboard on some things tonight. I believe that'll, that'll help us. I don't know that we're really aware at times just how powerful your tongue is. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So every time you open your mouth, you're speaking life or death, whether you've realized that or not. So off of that, the Lord Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, he said, whosoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be cast in the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he says, he'll have whatever he says. So if I really believe that I can speak to the mountains and I really believe that my, my mouth has the power that I can receive what I say, then I'll really pay attention to what I begin to say. So sometimes we use the word confession, but that can be misunderstood. So I like to use the word an affirmation. And so what an affirmation is, is you're affirming something in your life. It is very important for you to start affirming the word of God over your life daily. So what I'm saying here is you've got to start saying about yourself what the Bible says. And I, I tell you, when you find scriptures that really pertain to stuff that you're going through, write it down, get it where you memorize it, and you speak that over your life day by day by day. And what happens as when you begin to speak the word of God, it may just start out as, well, it's just some words, kind of like a baby, just a little gibberish. But the more I speak the word of God out of my mouth, that word of God begins to take root in my heart. And when the word of God starts getting in your heart, you start believing it. And when you start believing it, you see things take place. So get you some three by five cards, and write out scripture and start saying it. Put it on your dash. Put it on your, your mirror. And so when I begin to do this, I don't know how many years ago. It's been so long. Uh, I, I had three by five cards and I had five affirmations that I'd say every day. And so you just begin to walk. You sit. You just begin to speak those over your life. And so now my affirmations have grown. I probably speak a minimum of 150 a day. It'll take me about 45 minutes. And I, I get tickled when see, people see me do it because very, very few people ever see me do it. I do it usually in the church basement over here. And I walk. And man, I, I begin to speak the things of God. And I speak the things of God. And I start saying about myself what God says. And God says that because of Jesus, I'm, I'm justified. I, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm sanctified. I'm set apart. I've been declared holy. I've been consecrated. I've been purified. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. And I say so. And so, man, I just begin to speak those things over my life and over my family and my kids. Day by day by day by day. And oh my God, it's incredible. It's incredible. I, I don't get to a place where I think, boy, I wish this would happen. Man, it's to a place in my life when, man, I start speaking the things of God. God's going to move. Why? Because you're that special? No. I've just chosen to believe God. Well, it was free. I wasn't going to preach on that. but Matthew 6, verse 33. 
but seek first the kingdom of God. Now, when I look at that, I, I believe I'm to seek first the kingdom of God in every area of my life. Not, not just my money, but my time. You know, I say this sometimes on Sunday mornings. I believe that when you give God the first fruits of your week, God will bless the rest of your week. So you know what I mean by that? Sunday is the first day of the week. Some of you say, it is. Yeah, it's, it's the first day of the week. And when I give God the first day, I come to church and I honor him with my time, my talents and my abilities, God begins to move. So he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when I do that in this order, now look what, look what the Lord Jesus said. And all these things shall be added to you. Now you can go back and look at the things he's talking about. God's the God of provision. God's the God of blessings. But he said, and all these things will be added to you. So you know what that tells me? God wants to add to us. God wants to bless every one of us. But I got to do it his way. And when I start doing it his way, God begins to bless. And, and even in the area of money, you know, for a number of years of my life, I, I tried to do it my way. And you know what I saw when me and Shelly did it our way? We never had enough. We had more month than money. How many of you have ever had more month than money? Woo, that is tough. And so I remember at a young age, we, we came with this brilliant idea. Well, maybe we ought to try it God's way. And here we are, I don't know how many years later, still doing it God's way. And so hang on to this right here. Father God, I, I want to do things your way. All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. I thank you, Father God, that you're aware of every one of us right now. All the things that are going on in our life, the things that are needed right now. And Lord, we thank you that we choose to do it your way. We put you first. And you're the God who said, I'll release all these things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give you a second to turn to, to the 84th Psalm. That's where we'll take off tonight. So you're going to turn to Psalms 84. As you're going there, a couple announcements. Again, uh, this, this Sunday, both services are, are celebrate Christmas. It'll be incredible. I, I just really get blessed to watch the little guys, little sheep come out and do things. So that'll be Sunday morning. Then we'll do it again on Wednesday night. Again, we're still doing a thing called Pack the Pantry for the One Voice Home with snacks. And then you saw the video stuff on the detention center. There's info at the message center for that, the information center out here. We're still going to baptize people on Wednesday night, the 22nd. That's two weeks from tonight. And then a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, our men's breakfast will take place right here with Ernest Garcia. So make yourself available to that. All right, we are on this series on, I call it idols or counterfeits. And we just take a little bit each week and we go a little bit farther. And so this one was really, really um, interesting in my study time. Just that good that I, I got blessed studying on it. And so, you know, I, I asked this question to you. What's your greatest wants and desires? And if my greatest wants and desires are that other than God, then it's probably an idol. 
And some of us hit the brake on the word idol. But remember the definition of an idol can be anything or anyone that places God as that in our lives. And so we, we live in a society that's got many idols, but what I can tell you right now is an idol can't sustain you, an idol can't answer your prayers, an idol can't fulfill your heart, okay? So we start here in the Psalms, chapter 84, verse 1. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. Verse 2. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Now, when I read what the psalmist is saying here, his words can be very encouraging to you, to me. But what he says here can also be a way that he locates me. And what I mean by that, when I look at verse 2, he uses three words that really stood out to me. He said, my soul longs. Now let me ask you something. Does your soul long for God? Would, would that describe you? Would that define me? Then he uses the word, it, it faints. My soul faints for God. Would that describe me? Would that describe you? And then he says that my heart and my flesh, they, they cry out to God. And as I read that, I thought, wow, is, is that my life? Is that who I am? Or do none of those describe me? I, I don't ever cry out to God. My heart doesn't long for my See, again, what he said there, it began to locate me. And, you know, human nature is, we cry out to God when we're in trouble. We cry out to God when we're in need. But do I ever just take time to cry out to God and say, man, I, I thank you. You've been so good to me. You know, Father God, I'm, I'm not here to ask you for anything. You don't owe me anything. But does the psalmist's words here, does this define me? Turn a couple pages to Psalms 107. Psalms 107, and actually this is one of my favorite psalms because I quoted some of it to you. I'm not going there, but in Psalms 107, verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm, I'm not going there. We're going to Psalms 107, verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul. He satisfies the soul that longs for him. Some translation says the soul that thirsts for him. And he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Now, off of those two words this time, he looks for the thirsty soul and the hungry soul. Would that describe me? Would that define me at all? Do, do I hunger for God? Do I thirst for God? And, and so when I, I read this here, you know, in um, Matthew 4, verse 4, the Lord Jesus says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
So every one of us physically, we hunger for things to eat. Every one of us. I mean, I, I could go around the room and I, I could look at Elijah, I could look at Cameron right now and say, what are you guys hungry for? And they may be able to tell me something immediately. We, we know what we're hungry for. We, we have an appetite for certain things. But do I have that type of appetite for the things of God, for the Word of God? Now, if Jesus said man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, man, I, I got to say, Father God, grace me. I need to get hungry for the things of God. And so, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm pretty consistent about eating daily. I don't have to be told to eat. Do any of you got to be told to eat? I know you men don't. So you probably get have to be told don't eat anymore. Stay out of those snacks, you know. But I think about this spiritually. Do, do I hunger for God that way? Do I hunger for his word that way? I believe we can. Now, turn with me to the book of 2 Kings, chapter 17. Ooh, this is a good one here. I believe this will help you. The reason I say that, when I read and studied this today, it helped me. It located me. And so when you get to 2 Kings, we're going to 2 Kings 17. When you read through the kings, they give the reason for Israel's fall and their captivity. And their fall was inevitable because of the consequences of their sin. So you're going to begin to see this. And man, I, I put myself in this story. So this passage here, we, we start in 2 Kings 17, verse number 7. For, it was, for so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, from the, under the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and they had feared other gods. They took up fearing other gods. Now, you got to remember this. The Israelites were in bondage to the Egyptians for over 400 years, so they were around these Egyptian gods for years and years and years. But remember, God took them out. He led them out to the promised land. Verse number eight. And he had walked in the statutes of the nations. They fell in the ways of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the king of Israel and of the kings of Syria, which they had made. Also the children of Israel secretly against the Lord their God things that were not right. Secretly. Now, you know what a pretty good ind indicator that I'm doing something wrong is? When I got to do something secretly. When, when I got to hide what I'm doing. And it's interesting here, the children of Israel were doing, it says, secret things against the Lord their God. Things that were not right. And they built for themselves high places. And when you see the word high places there, it's places of pagan worship is what that's talking about. In all their cities, from watchtower to the fortified cities. So every place they put these watchtowers, and what they had watchtowers was for, is they could see the enemy coming. But everywhere they built these watchtowers, 
They built these ungodly places of pagan worship along with it. Verse 10. They set up for themselves sacred pillars and wooden images on every high hill under every green tree. Now, most believe it was, it was sexual immorality and religious shrines over and over is what they were messed up with. Verse 11. There they burned incenses on all the high places like the nation of the Lord to carry away before them. And they did wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. Now, the issue right here that provoked God to anger was they served or worshipped other gods or other idols. Just a quick reference of the Ten Commandments, and that's found in Exodus 20. When you start reading verses 1, verse 2, verse 3, Father God starts out immediately and says, you'll have no other gods before you. You will not bow down or serve any other gods. Period. But yet, we see right here in the scriptures, this is exactly what they did. So verse 12 says, for they served idols. Wow. Of which the Lord said to them, you shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all his prophets and every seer saying, turn from your evil ways. So the Lord sends his prophets and he sends these, these men and women that are called seers, S-E-E-R-S. And a seer is a human being that has the ability to see in the, the spiritual realm. So he sends them to warn. And what was the warning? Repent. Repent. You know what the word repent means? One area says you are to confess your sins before God. God, I blew it. Another area of repentance is again to ask God to do a 180. Help me keep me from doing that again. Don't view repentance as a bad thing. View it as a good thing. It's a blessing. So he sends the godly men to him and says, we got to repent. Turn from your evil ways. Now listen to what he says. Keep my commandments, my statutes, according to the law, which I commanded your fathers, which I sent you to, be, to my servants, the prophets. Verse 14. Nevertheless, whoo, Nevertheless, they would not hear. They would not listen. But they stiffened their necks. Many of us in this room, we've stiffened our necks. You know what that means? We become very stubborn. Any of you in here ever been stubborn? And don't elbow your spouse, okay? So what happens is when we choose not to obey what God tells us to, there's an, there's an aroma of stubbornness that comes off on us. Stiff-necked. Like the necks of their fathers, listen to this, who did not believe in the Lord their God. So they're drifting farther away from the things of God. Verse 15, now listen to this. And they rejected his statues. And his covenant that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies which he had testified against them. They followed idols. Now, when you study this right here in the Hebrew, 
They studied idols. Idols were viewed as worthless, as nothing. It goes on to say they followed idols, and because they followed idols, they became idolaters. So the idols was worthless, and when you follow an idol, you become worthless. They lived like nothing, and they became nothing. So what happens is when you begin to serve an idol, whatever that idol is, you take on that idol's nature and that idol's characteristics, whether you like it or not. That's why I want to imitate God. I want to be a child of God. I, I want to have God's nature. I want to have God's heart. And so when you begin to look at this here, This is exactly what they begin to do. They begin to try to replace God. Verse 16. So they left all the commandments of the Lord God and they made for themselves a molded image, two calves. They made a wooden image and worship all the host of heaven and they serve Baal. Now oftentimes when I read stuff like that, we get the thought again, I would never worship no golden calf. I would never worship some form of a carved image. See, we've got to be careful with those thoughts because the idols are still around. They're just different. They just look different. Verse 17. Hold on to this verse. This is crazy right here. And they caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire. That's a crazy false God to serve a God where, think about this. Every one of us in here that have children. That would be like us worshiping this false God and saying, I, I'm going to sacrifice my children to this God. And I, I look at this thing, th th this is how messed up idol worship makes people. To pass through the fire, they practice witchcraft, fortune telling, and soothsaying. And they sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Now what happens to the people is man, it causes them to live in exile. Not only in the land that God gave them, but they begin to live in exile from the presence of God. So off of this right here, what we just read, it becomes very clear that three things begin to happen to people that become stubborn and stiff-necked toward the things of God. Their land becomes a land of drought. Number two is there becomes lots and lots and lots of natural disasters. And number three, they are attacked by foreign people. Those were the three manifestations that came after Israel when they continued to worship false idols 
Now, there's times in my life I watch stuff and I think, is there reasons in areas of our nation we experience droughts? I wonder this. And you say, well, what would be the idol worship we have? Again, I, I can get over numerous things. I mean, the idol of sports, the idol of entertainment, the idol of, of music, the idols of pleasure, just the things that we get out of line with God. And I believe this is what he's getting over to right here with these people. Now we jump a little bit in, in scripture here. Go with me, same chapter, to verse number 28. So God loves the people so much, it says, Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Beth Bethel. And he taught them how they should fear the Lord how they should serve God, how they should worship God, how they should honor him. He teaches them. This is how you serve God. You fear God. Verse 29. However, every nation continued to make gods of its own. Wow. And put them in the shrines on the high places with the Samaritans, and they made every nation in the cities where they dwelt. Now, what you're getting ready to see when we get here to verse 30, you're going to see a, a list of the idols that they set up in these high places and these temples. Now, I'm, I'm going to read in there what these are. And when you see this, you're going to look and think, how could they do this? So verse 30, the men of Babylon made Succoth Banoth, and I probably butchered that word, but it was the God of hens and chickens. And it was viewed as the mother that was protecting her offspring. Wow. And I think about that when I thought, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship a God of a hen. The men of Cuth made Nurgle, which was a rooster. The men of Hamath made Ashima, which was a goat. The men of Nifhaz was a barking dog. Of Tartak was a donkey. The, the Severvites burned their children in fire to a Dremelech. And Dremelech was a mule, and it honors its master by carrying its burdens. And Ananimelech, the god of whatever that word is, it was the god of a horse. This was all they were worshiping. So these were the idols that they would worship. They would present before them. Keep reading. So they feared the Lord. Wow. And from every class they appointed for themselves priests of the high places who sacrificed for them in the shrines of the high places. Now, when I looked at it, I thought, wait, wait, wait just a minute. If I read this correctly in verse 32... It said they feared the Lord, but they continued to worship these false gods. So you know what you see? You see some people that say, well, we believe in the things of God, but we believe in these idols too. Verse 33. They feared the Lord. Now watch this. Yet they served their own gods according to the rituals of the nations from among who they were carried away. So you know what they say here? 
I want God, but I want God on my own terms. So when I read this right here, you know what I see over that? They feared the Lord, yet they served their own gods. That's us. That's the American church. We want God, but I, I want to pick the commandments that I like, that I agree with. That's interesting right there. Right here in the scriptures it said, they served God and feared God, but they also wanted these idols. Well, it's pretty simple with that with me. It's the old saying, you can't have the cake and the ice cream. And remember God said, you'll only serve me. So when I look at this, I I serve God because I freak out with this thought called hell. I don't want to go to hell, but you know what? I sure want to live however I want. Keep reading. Verse 34. Listen to this. To this day, they continue practicing the formal rituals. They do not fear the Lord, nor do they follow their statutes or their ordinance or their law commandment, which the Lord God had commanded the children of Jacob, which he named in Israel. Verse 35. With whom the Lord had made a covenant and charged them, saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. Now, off of those things right there that we just read in verse 35. What do you bow down to? What do you serve? What do you sacrifice for? Woo, I look at those things and I'm telling you, I begin to look and think, what does this do with my life? I'm going to end with this verse right here, verse 36. But the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and outstretched arm, him you shall fear. And him you shall worship. And to him you shall offer a sacrifice. Now, it's very clear right here in this passage that you and me, we're going to bow down to something and we're going to serve something and we're going to sacrifice to something or to someone. But isn't it interesting that God says it better be to him? So when I look at this, and I was going to have you to go all the way into Matthew 6, and in Matthew verse 6, 24, the Lord Jesus said this, you can't serve God and mammon at the same time. You know what mammon is? It's money. So you know what he's saying? You cannot serve God and the false idol of money. You know why? You'll love the one and hate the other. And so where this comes into play with what we're talking about even tonight, man, I can serve the God of money. I can be dominated by the God of money. Now, when you think about money, in 1 Timothy, the apostle Paul said, 
for the love of money is the root of all evil. I want you to catch something. The love of money, not money. The love of money. Woo, the love, to be consumed with the love of money. Now, you may not have a dime, but you may still follow the idol of money. You may say, man, I, I gotta have money. You stay up and you dream about winning the lottery. Pastor, you've been talking to my wife? No. But isn't it interesting that something that I tell what to do can become my God? I, I've never had money jump out of my wallet and say, spend me, spend me, spend me, spend me. Money has no conscience. But yet it's interesting here, all the things that he says to the Israelites, and I look at modern day America and I think, man, what's the idols of my life? And so I can tell you right now, TV can be an idol. You know, I've had people tell me, you won't see me at church on Wednesday nights. My favorite TV show's on Wednesday night. You know, I had a guy tell me one time, he said, from April to September, you'll never see me on Sunday mornings. I said, why is that? He said, I got a golf membership, and he said, I play golf every Sunday morning at such and such time. Okay, I'm not God, but... So something good can become a God. But it all comes back to this is, what's my devotion? What, what do I sacrifice for once you stand up here? Well, you guys are quiet tonight. I, I told you, this was an interesting one because I cannot compromise heavenly values or eternal values for this present day values, the world. And I say this often. Every one of us at one time in our life, we're going to die. How do you know that? That's Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time to be born and a time to die. As a pastor, I have a thing called job security. I get to marry him and I get to bury him. I'm just kidding, okay? I probably shouldn't have said that. I've done a lot of funerals and never one time have I seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Never once. So again, I have to live with this thought. I want to serve God. I want to worship God. I, I want to give God my heart. And so through all this study right now, you know what my prayer is? Father God, cut away the things that are not of you. There's stuff in my life that I've bowed to, that I've sacrificed and served, that isn't you. Work on me. So bow your head here with me. Well, I better hurry. Feel comfortable. Just raise your hands here. Father God, we stand before the all-knowing God. And Lord, just tonight, if there's any areas in our lives that we've substituted you, Father God, your greatness. That we've put anything in this world, if we've idolized people, if we've idolized athletics, if we've idolized uh, the things of this world, Lord, we ask you to do a work within us tonight. And, and Father God, help us 
to be people that not only fear you, but we have a desire to obey you and live for you. And I, I thank you, Father God, that every time that we live for you, you always bless us just with things that this world can't offer. And so, Lord, right now, go to work in every one of our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.